Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. I thank God for His angels of protection over us this week. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank, you, thank the Lord for His travel mercy, and I'm just glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. You may be seated. I love Wednesday night Bible study and coming in and searching the Scriptures and learning of, of what the Lord has Buried deep within his word. Hallelujah. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved. A workman that needeth not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word. And tonight I want to help us do, do just that. Isaiah 22, 22 through 24. And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder. So he shall open, and none shall shut. And he shall shut, and none shall open. And I will fasten him as a, somebody say a nail, a nail in a sure place. And he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house, and they shall hang upon him all the glory of his father's house, the offspring and the issue, all vessels of small quantity from the vessels of cups, even to all of the vessels of flagons. Don't get lost on me yet. Revelation 3, 7, and 8. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, write, these things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David. He that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. I want to teach slash preach to us tonight on the key of David's success. The key to David's success. When I say the word key, what runs through your mind? Thought about this this afternoon. When I mention the word or when I say the word key, many of you probably get a word picture. And you begin to think, well, this is a key. But what does that key do? It opens. It unlocks. It turns an ignition. We're all familiar with keys. Car keys, truck keys, house keys, office keys. And you can name the rest of the keys that you may have. We have more keys to more things that we can think of. I thank God in this church we only have just a, a handful of keys, but we have a lot of the programmable locks and that, that helps us manage the, the key population around this church. But uh, I started thinking about these portions of Scripture this week. and The key of David, the key to David's success. 
Uh, I, I'm just going to need just a couple moments to lay a foundation, but I do think God is going to help us. The key of David is a term found in Revelation and in Isaiah. But when you look, if you've got a key to something, that means you're in control or you have authority. That key gives you access to places that otherwise you would not be able to go or, or to partake of if you didn't have a key. So when you look at the key of David's success, what is that key? The key of David would give one control. It would give someone control of David's domain, which was, in this case, Jerusalem, the city of David, the kingdom of Israel. And whatever this key is, what did the scripture say? It can open doors that no man can shut. It can unlock doors that no man, it can unlock them. When nothing else would work. I don't know about you. But when I look at the key of David's success. I cannot help but think. This is a pretty important key. I want to know more about it. So to fully understand the significance. Of this key. You must know a little bit about David. In 2 Samuel chapter 2 verse 1 through 3. And it came to pass. After this that David inquired of the Lord. Saying. Shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said unto him, Go up. And David said, Whither shall I go up? And he said, Unto Hebron. So David went up thither, and his men that were with him did David bring up every man with his household that they dwelt in the cities of Hebron. David had dwelled in Ziklag until it had burned down. And the reason why this is important because God allowed Ziklag to burn to the ground to make sure that David did not return to the place of his hiding. Sometimes God allows things to happen to kind of make us uncomfortable and place us in the positions and circumstances that when God gets through, I can't hide anymore. There's no more hiding. So Ziklag is the place where David went. When fear was prevalent in his life, that's where he went. David came to dwell in Ziklag because he thought that King Saul was going to destroy him. And hear me in the Holy Ghost. Man, I feel this so strong. When we lose vision and when we allow fear to control us, we will dwell in places that God hasn't chosen for us. Many of us are still dwelling in temporary tents when God has houses that we didn't build waiting on us to inhabit. Because we are more comfortable with the bondage of fear because it's predictable. But God said, if you could understand the key of success of David, and we're going to get there in a few moments, uh, there is freedom when you step out of fear and into faith. Uh, when you step out of the known unto the unknown, that's where God shows himself true and real, and you move beyond fear. God is big. God is big on the call. I'm going to help you tonight. When you begin to look at the key of David, you can't be deceived. He's big on the call to try to get you out of that element of fear. 
Ziklag always belonged to Judah, but it was not Jerusalem. It was not the final dwelling place for David. Remember, Judah means praise. And you can get comfortable with just dwelling in a place where praise is prevalent. Let me go back and say it like I feel it. You can't get comfortable dwelling in a place where praise is prevalent if you are still controlled by fear in the same place. There are a lot of Pentecostals who praise God during church only to walk out and still be controlled by fear from the past. They go right back to their former addresses and live in regret and seclusion and always wonder what might have been or what if. And their praise, our praise becomes one dimensional because if we're not careful, we are only praising God for who he is. And that's okay to some degree, but it's just one dimensional and it doesn't bring complete deliverance. The reason that that they can't worship, the reason why some people can't worship him on a level of the other dimension is because uh, we're still controlled by guilt. We're still controlled by condemnation uh, of who we used to be uh, and through everything that we may have lost. Uh, But hear me in the Holy Ghost. Uh, It's not God's will uh, for us to just be a one-dimensional praiser. Praise him in here and live in fear out there. I can't help but wonder if God is wanting to change our address today. We have dwelled here long enough. But God sent someone to burn down that old address so we could have to move on. Yet we are convincing ourselves that we can't rebuild there, find peace there, have security there. This is a lie from hell. Fear never produces a greater future. Fear cannot produce a greater future. I'm preaching to someone in this house tonight and I'm telling you that God does not want you to dwell where fear has controlled you. Fear will keep you connected to your past. But the Bible says he has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. David, Ziklag is not your future. It may have sustained you at one point, but Ziklag is not going to be called the city of David. It's Ziklag. It will always be Ziklag. But Jerusalem, Jerusalem will be the city of David. And if I stay in Ziklag, I'm never going to get to Jerusalem. If the devil can keep you boxed in an element and a spirit of fear, you'll never step across the threshold to establish what God's called you to establish, and that is the city of David in your own personal life. Oh, if I stay in the past, I keep worrying about yesterday. If I keep letting fear keep me in bondage, I will never reach that place that God is destined for my future, for your future. God, God didn't allow you to kill a lion or kill a bear. God didn't allow you to kill a giant. 
just so you could settle in fear. Quit settling for one dimension of praise and worship when God has so much more for you. I'm talking about the key of David's success. That's why the Bible says, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Somebody say, he's got more. He's got more for you, Will. He's got more for you. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared for those who love Him. Fear will keep us connected, Brother Kuhorn, to the less and not the more. Faith will always open the door to more. Fear keeps you locked behind the doors. I, I, I just can't, I, I don't know if that's for me. I don't know if I can be that. I don't know if I can do it. Oh, yeah. Faith opens the doorway to the future. David learned that destiny has a geographical location as well as a spiritual position. Hear that. Destiny does have a geographical location as well as a spiritual position. There are geographical locations that can actually accelerate or hinder what God has planned for us. You don't believe that? Let me help you out right now. David made the decision out of disappointment and fear, but because it was connected to Judah or praise, then he justified it because as long as we're able to praise him, then everything's going to be all right. But not long after David started thinking to himself that Saul was going to destroy him, God removed Saul. God knows how much you can handle. God's faithfulness was revealed to David in his darkest hour. You may be in one of your darkest hours. That's when God's faithfulness is revealed to you. God's love to take us from the prison to the palace, from Ziklag to Hebron. David knew it was time to find a new dwelling place. When David heard that Saul was dead, he inquired of the Lord if he should go up to Judah. Then it hit me this afternoon. Sometimes things have to die in order for you to advance. You've got to let some things go in order for there to be advancement. You've got to let some things die before you can advance. The Lord told him to go up, but He did not tell him where in Judah until David asked. God will tell us more details if we ask Him. But some of us are just satisfied with just a yes or no, but our prayers need to be specific prayers. Hebron is a very interesting place. Abraham made his home there. Joshua assigned Hebron to Caleb. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are buried at Hebron. Jewish traditions hold that Adam and Eve are buried there as well. So God has taken David into a place of beginnings and history to extend and fulfill the dreams and faith of those who went before him. We are standing tonight in this sanctuary. We are living our lives on the blood of every saint of God that has helped build this great church. We are building on the shoulders of men and women 
who have filled roles before us. Who will fill it after me? This is not about us. This is about His story. It's about His grace. Or it could easily just be called history. David could not take the throne of Israel that was prophesied after he killed Goliath. He could not take it after he killed ten thousands and the king only killed a thousand. As I studied this text, and I, outperforming the king was not an indicator that David was ready to rule. Just because you're better than someone else or have better ideas than someone else, preach better than someone else, teach better, sing better, play better, doesn't mean it's time for you to rule. How many times over the years? How many times through the years? The most gifted and the talented. I've watched they yielded themselves to lean on talent and ability and utterly failed. But God raised up the humble. God elevated those that were not prideful nor arrogant. You can't advance by breaking the rules. God honored David and David honored God. Let me say it like this. It takes a particular strength to resist doing something the wrong way. But it takes a greater strength to do it the right way. David, if you want to tap into the key of your success, today is your day to step in to a future that God has prepared. You must present yourself in Judah a place of praise. You can't dwell or live in Ziklag, a place of fear. God will always burn that down. But your next step is going to be to learn how to rule in Judah. If you don't learn the secret of praise, then you can never be the king of God's people. We have to learn the value of worship. If we're truly going to get the key of David's success. A true worship is always two dimensional. It is never one dimensional. Jesus teaches us the two dimensions of worship in John chapter 4. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. When we worship God, we must worship Him in spirit. Somebody say Amen. And in truth. Uh, not just Acts 2.38, but the true in who we really are. We believe Acts 2.38 to the core. That's who we are. But we've got to believe the truth in who we really are. I believe that's why David prayed prayers like this in Psalms 51. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. In the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Create in me a 
clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You can't really worship God and lie to yourself about who you really are. You can't do it. That's why we, it's a perpetual failure. That's why we can't live for God consistently because we never got real with ourselves. If we ever pray prayers uh, uh, like David just prayed, we got to pray and we've got to worship. When we pray, we've got to be honest with God. There's sometimes you just got to say, God, I'm not the man that I, that I want to be. God, I'm struggling today. God, I need you to help me today. And when I get real with God, you know what He does? He gets real with me and gives me the strength and the help and the fortitude and the, the ability to be and become who He called me to be and become. You know what? I think it would shock some of you on, on the power of getting real with God. Because He knows it already anyway. He knows it already anyway. So why are we trying to hide from Him or act like that we're somebody that we're really not? As long as the Canaanite woman tried to pray like a Jewish woman, Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. God just ignored her because she wasn't worshiping in truth. So when He called her a dog, He was trying to insult her. He just wanted to let her know, I know who you are. And as soon as she realized, He knows who I am, she fell down and prayed in truth, and God healed her daughter. How many miracles are waiting on us? How many opportunities are waiting on us? The, the hand and supernatural favor of God, if we would just get honest with God about who we are. I'm preaching to somebody's heart tonight. To let you know that God already knows who you are. He knows your desire. He knows your needs. He knows your wants. He knows your struggles. You don't have to hide them from Him. You don't have to hide them from Him and still worship Him. He'll just call you a dog and move on. But if you'll go ahead and worship Him in truth. And watch Him start moving in your family. Quit letting something in your past. I know I preached on Sunday on the past. You've got to quit letting your past stop you from worshiping God. Quit letting some stupid decision you did three months, three years, 15, 20 years ago stop you from worshiping God. Lift your head up, sir. Throw your hands in the air and say, Here am I, God. Here I am. I've come to worship you in spirit and in truth. I've sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I'm here in need of your mercy. I'm in need of your grace. I can't do this by myself. You already know who I am. Somebody ought to shout amen right now. It's easy, to, it's easy for us to worship God because who He is. But many times we don't worship God because we are very much aware of who we are. God blessed David. God elevated David. And you've got to understand, David went through some stuff. How would you like to be this guy? Prophet comes to the house, and your own daddy didn't even think to call you when the preacher showed up to anoint. He brought all the sons, but David. How would you like to be the man that the king wanted to kill? Saul wanted to kill David. 
How would you like to be Goliath? Or how would you like to be David when Goliath made fun of him? How would you like to be David when he was attacked by a lion and a bear? He had some real issues. But finally, it was his day to rule. David, because you didn't take matters in your own hand, now I'm putting it into your hands. And my hand is upon you, David. I am your God. You are my son. You are a king. This is the place in time where you will be received and celebrated as you step into your destiny by some. Saul was dead, but the spirit that was blocking David's destiny was not. I'm going, I'm giving, I'm going to give you the key here in a few, few minutes. We must understand that the enemy is real. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but spiritual powers, wickedness in high places. When we step toward our identity and purpose, resistance is normal. When you start reading your Bible like you've never read it, resistance is normal. When you start doing Bible studies, resistance is normal. When you start praying like you've never prayed, resistance is normal. When you start witnessing like you've never witnessed, resistance is normal. Abner did not want to give up his sphere of influence to allow David to come forward as king of Israel. Matter of fact, a civil war rose in Israel when David was made king of Judah. We should never expect everyone to celebrate and receive what God has called us to do. As soon as David was accepted king in Judah, Abner, King Saul's military leader, raised up King Saul's son to king over Israel to save his job and influence in the land. There was a ton of rejection for David to experience as he first stepped into fulfilling his destiny as king of Israel. This one statement I'm about to say is where some of you are right now. Partial fulfillment can drive us to discouragement. Partial fulfillment can drive us to discouragement. When David was anointed by Samuel, he never saw the journey to obtain the key of his identity, just the promise. He never saw the journey. He just saw the promise. You're going to be king. God is so big on the call, but small on the details. He don't tell you how it's all going to work. He don't tell you every crook and every turn, every mountain, every valley. But trusting God, will always be the backbone to the dreams of destiny. You've got to trust God even when you don't understand Him. You've got to trust God when He don't give you the details. When He don't explain how it's going to all work out. When we don't know what's going on, we must still go on. There are some battles that you and I would never pick, but when they present themselves, those are the ones that you must win. There are battles we engage to shift our destiny and our identity. David, I know you don't see it right now, 
but someday you'll rule over those who opposed you. Walk gently, because you'll be their king too. David had to walk in such a way, he knew people were against him. He knew that, 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 that there was opposition in the camp, but he walked humbly before his God. David had been king over Judah for seven years and six months when the elders of Israel came to Hebron to anoint David as king over all of Israel. David received great honor because he gave honor to those who did not honor him. I'm going to say that again. David received great honor because he gave honor to those who did not honor him. Do not allow how people treat you change the way God has called you to live. Don't let let what people have said about you change the way you live for God. Don't let the way people may make fun of you change the way you live for God. You don't know who's watching you. You don't know the testimony that's being made right now. And they're going to come back to you and say, I watched your life. I watched you get ridiculed. I watched you when I didn't understand you. But oh, I want to know more about what you have. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Chronicles 14 and 1. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David and timber of cedars with masons and carpenters to build him a house. After David was anointed, king of Israel, he led his men in unprecedented triumph over the Jebusites. The Jebusites were mocking David as he came and as he came to the fullness of his destiny. You will never possess the key of David's success without learning how to deal with your share of mockers. The place where God has called you and I to rule where He's called us to rule from is the last place the enemy wants us to possess. The last thing the enemy wants us to obtain is our throne of authority. He would rather give up victories to you as long as he can possess our place of authority. But the purpose and plan of God always requires a man and a woman who will walk with his authority on earth. The serpent was not after after the Garden of Eden. He was after Adam's identity. It seemed like everything he never ever attained was always stripped away from him. Everything. Everything. So God sent the king of Tyre to build David a house because David the shepherd would never build the house that David the king needed. God will always send us those we need to build a house of honor to help us break off the dishonor from past seasons. This will always elevate our identity and release our purpose. That may not make sense to you right now. You're sitting in a building right here right now where God performed this miracle. And it's brought honor in this city and not dishonor. Can I get a witness about right now? 
This is a house of honor. This is a place of honor. And I'm thankful tonight because we have a place that we can hold our head up. We have a great name in our community. When we walk in here, we have nothing to be ashamed of. David had the crown on his head and yet he still not he still did not perceive that the Lord had confirmed him king over Israel. He sent men to help. He sent the supplies. He sent all of this stuff to help build David a house. And David had the crown on his head, yet he still not, did not perceive that the Lord had confirmed him king over Israel. David was the greatest king Israel ever had. Yet he struggled to enter into agreement with being king even though the crown was on his head. We'll say this as politely as I can. If we do not shift our mindset to match the season that we're in, our actions won't match our purpose and our position. And when that happens, our effectiveness, our productivity will be restricted by our perception. Our perception is restricted. We're restricted by what we see, not what we know. We're, we're, we're restricted by our fear and not our faith. And therefore, our productivity and our effectiveness is minimized. We must see ourselves as He does in order to do what He has called us to do. If it happened to David, it could happen for us. Listen to this verse because it is the key in knowing what the key of David's success is in 1 Chronicles 14 and 2. I've got it to where I, I want to share to you the key. And David perceived that the Lord had confirmed him king over Israel. For his kingdom was lifted up on high because of his people, Israel. Hear your pastor tonight. You can be the king, but until you perceive it, there's no key of success. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost. You can be saved, but until you perceive it, there is no key. Of success, You can be called, but until you perceive it, there is no key. And remember, worship is two-dimensional. We worship Him because of who He is. But true worshipers worship in truth of who we are. Listen to what Psalms 21 says. The King shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation greatly shall he rejoice. For thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Thou setteth a crown of pure gold on his head. His glory is great in thy salvation. Honor and majesty, majesty hast thou laid upon him. For the king trusteth in the Lord. And through the mercy of the Most High, he shall not be Moved. David was speaking here of himself in the third person. David clearly sees himself 
as the king. Judah and Israel had set a crown on David's head. But David recognized that it was God that had set the crown of gold on his head. He now speaks of being the king with a tremendous revelation of God. David overcome the identity crisis and gained his destiny. Now he possessed the city of David. David made his identity a matter of deep worship to God. Our identity is the key to our destiny. It's time for the sanctuary community church. It's time for us to learn. It's time for us to learn the song of David. He finally realized that he was where he was supposed to be. And he could worship God in spirit and in truth. What would happen what would happen tonight if we got a revelation, if we had the perception and really believe it? This is where I'm supposed to be. This is the church I'm supposed to be a part of. This is the vision I'm supposed to be connected to. This is the place I'm supposed to raise my family. This is the place where I need to let roots grow down and my branches grow up. I will not walk in fear one more day if I could ever get that revelation when I lift my hands to worship. When I lift my hands in the sanctuary, I would begin to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Too many of us are not convinced of who we are, much less where we're supposed to be. If I could get that firm revelation, I could look the enemy in the face and boldly proclaim, I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm a peculiar person. I've been called out of darkness into this marvelous light. I accept my identity. There's not a devil in hell that can stop me. There's not an issue that can slow me down because you know who you are. That, dear saints of the living God, Sanctuary Community Church, is the key to David's success. He got a revelation of who he was in the kingdom. He had the crown but he really didn't have the revelation. He knew that oil tripped down upon him from the hand of Samuel. When you know who you are, when you are convinced of who you are, you will understand and know all things work together for the good. Then you're able to open up doors that you got the key in your hand because I know who I am. Your success will depend on if you get convinced of who you are. God help us as a church. We've got the crown on our head. We've got the authority in our hands. We've got the key to what this city needs, what this world needs, what the surrounding communities and areas need. But if I'm not convinced that this key will unlock every door, It'll unlock doors that no man can shut. It will open up doors that no man can open. That's the power. That's the key of David's success when he got a revelation of his authority as king. When you get the revelation of who you are in Christ,
when you get the revelation of what He's put inside of you, the gift of God unto salvation, you literally have the Spirit of God living inside of you by the Holy Ghost. Quit letting the devil rob you of your worship. Quit letting hell remind you of your past and disable you and distract you and neutralize you when you come into this room with a fresh perception of who you are. You ought to have a hand clap in your hands. You ought to have a dance in your feet. You ought to have a shout in your voice because you have been chosen by God and you have the key in your hand. Of success. I close. Through the angel of the church at Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy. He that is true. He that hath the key. He that openeth and no man shutteth and shutteth, no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. No man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. This is what gives us a nail in a sure place. You're the key to somebody. You're the key to somebody. I don't know who that somebody is. I always remember going into my grandparents' home in Brookhaven. Brookhaven, Mississippi, they had a little hook. Anybody ever seen a skeleton key? Skeleton key is what opened their front door. Every day we'd come in, or every night we'd come in, they'd put that skeleton key on the hook. What it meant was, I'm putting it in a safe place. It's the key to unlock this house. It's the key and the authority that I'm in charge. I own this house. This belongs to me. But my grandfather knew when he put the key there, it was in a sure place. You are a key. You are a nail in a sure place. And when people walk in these doors, when people view our services, and trust me, they are, Trust me, they are all over the world. They're seeing what God's doing in this room. They're seeing what God's doing on this campus. God's given us the key to not only be transformed ourselves, but help other people be transformed into their God-given destiny. There's a city waiting to be occupied. There are things that God wants to do through you. You've got the crown. You've got the Spirit. Do you have the truth? Have you embraced who you really are? 
And have you truly begin to worship Him in that, that knowledge? It's in spirit and in truth. I want you to stand all over this house. Oh God. Hmm. Oh God, I want to be a nail in a sure place. I want my key. I want that key to be accessible, used by God to help somebody. How many do you know? How many family members? How many friends do you know? that are waiting on the key. The key of David. The key of success. They're waiting to hear your testimony. They're waiting to hear what God's done in your life. They're waiting for you to step up to the, to the opportunity. I'm, I'm going, I perceive now I can do this. I perceive now I'm the king of Israel. I want you to lift your hands all over this house if you don't mind. God, there are those in this room that need a fresh revelation of who they are. They're in the right place at the right time. They have their family at the right place at the right time. But God, they're, letting, they're allowing fear. But tonight in the name of Jesus, fear... Fear is being removed from hearts. And faith is being activated. The key to David's success was when he perceived he was the king. He already had the crown. You already have his spirit, sir. You already have his spirit, ma'am. It's time to start walking in authority. It's time to start walking in that God-given authority that belongs to you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Would you just clap your hands right now? Hallelujah. I'm stepping into my role. I'm stepping into my authority. I'm stepping in what you called me to do, God. Don't let the enemy keep you in a prison of fear. Step out of Ziklag. Jerusalem's waiting on you. Step out of bondage. Step out of the thing, the mindset of your past that keeps you in prison and stuff. There's a city that will hold my name waiting on me. What if David would have stayed in Ziklag? The story would have been different. If you stay in your past and you stay wrapped in fear, your story will be different. What you could have done for the cause of Christ. What the souls you could have impacted. The people you could have influenced. Will be greatly diminished. But all if you step into that realm. I perceive I can do this. I perceive I can be this. And I'll not let any distraction keep me from it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray as our ushers prepare our offering.